Welcome to the Shadow Sherpa Podcast. This is Natalia Spicker, and I will be your host and guide through this journey called shadow work. Carl Jung stated the shadow to be the unknown dark side of the personality. As if that wasn't vague enough and we weren't overwhelmed enough, you should see all the content out there that is even more perplexing and overwhelming. So that being said, I decided to create this podcast as a way to condense two years worth of work that I put into understanding the concept of shadow work, but distilling those key elements that are part of the transformational process behind it. I designed this podcast to simplify this process and to teach you how to find the root of your anger, fear, shame, anxiety, unworthiness, what have you, and turn it into the powerful tools that they were actually designed to be in the first place. I've personally used it to dissolve and heal some heavy duty trauma from my past and some really crazy conditioning. Each episode will include methods and people who will serve as guides to share how they have mastered the art of shadow work into their lives and turn them into vital tools for their own success. Hearing these stories will not only inspire you, but they'll prove to you that you are also able to master your shadows by sitting with them so that ultimately you can unleash the badass superhuman that's been in there all along. I truly feel that your journey into understanding and distilling the core elements of shadow work start at the moment you press play. I invite you to continue this journey with me on August 1st, 2020, when I release my first episode. The idea for a podcast has been following me around for the better part of six months. And just like everything in my life, that is meant to be a part of my journey. It followed me incessantly. It followed me day and night. And it followed me through several different people saying, you need a podcast, you need a podcast, you need a podcast. I decided to tell myself that and finally accept the fact that it's okay to start wherever I was with whatever resources and knowledge I had. For the record, I'm not a licensed therapist. I am not a life coach. I am not a healer. I am a regular Jane Doe that just figured out how to really group a lot of learnings together to create some pretty awesome transformation in my own life. And I feel like people that have discovered tools to be a successful human, as in being happy with themselves and showing up authentically, owe it to the world to share these. Starting my podcast felt like what I perceive a surprise pregnancy to be like okay we are doing this and there's no turning back I'm gonna own it so here I am owning it the biggest point behind this podcast is bringing awareness to where the root of many of our triggers our weaknesses or or perceived weaknesses because they are not weaknesses are found and understanding how to reach those areas sit within those areas and ultimately alchemize them so that they can transform into all of the good things that will ultimately help you shape your life in a way that is the life that all of us deserve. I realized as an adult, I had been living my life based on the expectations, the perception and perspective of a society or even of a generation that I respect highly but don't necessarily agree with. The root of it all 
opened my eyes to the fact that I had to finally grow up and design my own perspective, design my own belief system, and recondition my brain based on my truth, based on my authenticity, based on my beliefs. This is where people really, quote unquote, step into their power and quit giving it away to people at a very discounted price. The spark that led to what I would call the journey was a moment I accepted that my approach to life, relationships, money, work, self-love were probably not the best. I know that I was doing the same things expecting different outcomes, which is also the definition of insanity. The moment I accepted that, things started to change immensely. It was a huge pill to swallow because I, for the better part of my life, let my inflamed ego take control of my actions. I truly feel that we're all built very similarly. We all have an ego, and I, I know a lot of you have heard that concept before, yet a lot of us don't really understand how tremendous the ego can be as a guidance system to where internally you need a lot of attention. What a lot of people don't realize is that the ego isn't the enemy. It's this very sweet, innocent, and extremely passionate childlike version of yourself, which still carries a real-time inventory of all those moments from earlier stages in your life that impacted you and that define who and how you are today. I truly feel that your ego is not something that needs to be disintegrated, eliminated, shot down, because at the end of the day, it's really your inner child just begging for a conversation with you. In 2017, I met Miami-based theta healer and numerologist Lorena Coyle. She's also a relationship coach. She's on a major broadcast station here in Miami, and she knows her stuff sat with her for an hour session and she literally deconstructed my life in 30 minutes. It was probably three minutes, but it felt like an eternity because it was my whole life being laid on the table for me to look at and accept. I'm not saying theta healing or numerology is the end-all be-all approach to healing, but what is vital is exploring ourselves with an open mind and heart. It's important to have a presence that will not be afraid to offer you some tools and guidance to exploring things to yourself. Usually that comes in the form of, of a trained therapist. I realized that I never gave myself the chance to decide what and why I believe certain things. After a few sessions with Lorena, I really understood where the root of everything was hidden. It was my parents, my culture, my society, pretty much the environment that I was in for the earlier part of my life. This all highly trained or conditioned my brain to see, act, and feel certain ways, even ways that I wasn't agreeing with. But as a kid, they were just instilled and recorded. Unfortunately, as an adult, those belief systems and those ways of seeing life would just play back every time that there was a prompt or an experience in front of me that was somehow tied to the subject matter. So it was extremely liberating and empowering to realize I had every single bit of control over how to design my belief systems. She helped me find my voice and my power to design the person I wanted to become internally by deciding how I wanted to show up in the world. She essentially helped me reverse engineer the hell out of my life in one session. Interestingly enough, I obviously went back for more and I was resistant to her for, I would say, the first half of our involvement. And we laugh about it now, but it was probably like a year's worth of me going to meet with her, getting advice, and then doing the complete opposite. After about a year, I came back to her with my tail between my legs and I said, okay, I really wish I would have listened to you a year ago because you're absolutely right. And I learned the hard way. And I think a lot of us try to take that approach. 
I really just want to save you that year of walking back to your what you knew was the truth with your tail between your legs like I did. As with any journey in life, I feel like those on the right path start to explore new paths in hope to get to a higher level. And honestly, I feel like we're all on this never-ending quest for the summit, also known as your dream life or the life you've always wanted. I feel like I need to make it clear that the highest point of your life or the happiest day of your life is really just a summit on the end of a stick and we're constantly chasing that. A lot of us are chasing it through materialism, a lot of us are chasing it through comparison, a lot of us are chasing it by really being hard on ourselves. And to be quite honest, what I've discovered is that the true epitome of happiness lies in your ability to be present and happy in every single now of your life because your life at the end of the day is just an accumulation of a bunch of nows. So really being present and happy as much as you can in every single now of your life. It's understanding that there's so much healing by just sitting in the present moment. A lot of people call it trusting the process and not focusing on the actual destination, but rather that journey. I've really proven this to be true because at the end of the day, you can look back from standing on a mountaintop and you look back at that journey you just had and, and you realize how much you overcome. You realize your strength. And I think life is like that. We will absolutely reach summits here and there as amazing milestones, but there's always going to be another one and another one and another one. And I think that we become fixated on the fact that there's so many summits and there's just so much to do and never enough and that you're not good enough. And ultimately, it's quite the opposite. It's realizing that these are just milestones. It's a never-ending, beautiful process to just better yourself and better yourself and better yourself. And the more you do it, the more ripple effects it sends out and the more people it helps. And to be honest with you, I think that's probably why you're listening to me right now, because when you get to a point of pure bliss and happiness, you really do want to share that with the world by serving, by sharing your experience, by putting yourself out there authentically, shamelessly. I would say that's the, the root cause of, of why I'm deciding to share these things with you. Overall, my work with numerology and theta healing opened me up to traumas I didn't even know were part of my past. And while trauma has a huge negative connotation in my eyes, I realized that trauma is really just the equivalent of something that happened so long ago and it's so forgotten, but it has this amazing power to drive present day actions, present day perceptions, present day reactions to things. And personally, I feel like that's what people call triggers. And these triggers are defined by things that are so antiquated. So you start to realize I am being guided by these super old technologies. It's like you're such a beautiful modern sports car, but your GPS system is from the 90s. I mean, honestly, that sounds like a BMW. <laughs> if you know BMWs, you know that their GPS technology is crap. As I realized these things and my eyes opened up, I was hungry for more. I turned to intense physical workouts. I was pushing myself to limits that honestly were wonderful, but I was being very hard on myself physically. The silver lining of all of this is that it led me to a studio called, called Agni Miami. And that's where I met Vivian Carey, who are a beautiful couple that run this studio. And besides me sweating my ass off on a Saturday morning and leaving my soul literally on the field every single workout, I did find myself attending and being attracted to their weekly sound baths and their Reiki sessions, which were held in groups. The more I attended those, the more soothing I felt, the more ability to relax and let go and go within myself and just 
calm my brain a little bit and calm those voices in my head, the more I developed these abilities to just relax. That in and of itself led me to explore their individual offerings through what they call soul retrieval practices, Reiki sessions, individual sound baths. All of these things might sound weird to you, but honestly, all they were was just a big invitation to relax. Vivi specifically did give me the biggest gift ever during one of our soul retrieval sessions, which was knowledge of a way to harness the answers that I had inside of me through these different versions of myself and very pivotal parts of my life through my upbringing. So the next time someone says to you, you have the answers inside of you, I truly feel like it means you have those answers engraved in you from your past and how you interpreted these as a kid. Sitting with how you saw those back then is such a tremendous eye-opening experience to the person you are now. The more I became acquainted with all the versions of myself and the critical moments in my childhood and early adult life, the more I started to realize the whys behind who I am. Why do I get angry at these things? Why do I attract the same type of partner? Why does this type of person bother me so much? Which parent does this remind me of the most? The process of observing myself from a bystander's perspective led me to start looking at myself as two people. And I know that sounds a little crazy and split personality-like, but these two people were one, my ego-driven self, which was 38 years in the making. And then the second part of myself was the optimal self that we all strive to be. So this is the version of myself that is the person that would have a great relationship with that inner child that I talked about earlier. And someone that is patient, kind, loving, doesn't react, and is not necessarily a pushover. There's a big difference between that. It's the what would Jesus do type of, of version of yourself. I think that we all have the ability to really separate ego from the higher self just to look and observe. So this is really where the fireworks started in my life and honestly this is where and when most people start to find their footing. Personally I was able to really step into my power. I walked away from toxic situations, people, experiences, self-sabotaging thoughts, belief systems, what have you. All of these things that were not serving me. I suddenly just gave them the boot. I looked, felt, acted, and treated myself so well that I finally felt okay to be alone and content. And it wasn't that I had a plan to be alone and be an old spinster, a cat lady for the rest of my life. It was really just the ability to honor that time with myself and enjoy what it's like to have a relationship with myself. I truly believe that this was the beginning of self-love for me because I suddenly felt like I was giving myself the relationship that I had always wanted and in turn I was becoming that the ideal partner that I had always wanted to attract. If you guys are familiar with Abraham Hicks, I've heard them say that you should become the partner that you want and then the universe will give it to you and that is exactly what happened. This time by myself after so much self-work led me to meet the love of my life. and. I would not be here telling you that it's possible if I hadn't done it myself. I think that there is definitely a big process behind uncovering a few things that will put you in a mode where you can start attracting and manifesting, designing and shaping the life that you want. But again, it does take some work, which I plan to share with you here. Fast forward a few months, 2019, I met my life coach, Josie Martinez. And I hired her to help me clean up this giant warehouse of emotions, desires, traumas, 
aha moments, vision boards that I had finally pinpointed. And mind you, this is um, a proverbial warehouse. It was all inside of me and I had been able to gather all of this wonderful content, but now it was all messy. Sometimes you just need people to help you categorize these things. And I truly feel everyone has the power to do that internally, but having someone to guide you and at least put it into buckets so that you understand where the areas in your life that have the top priority are. Ideally, you can you know, invite this person to help guide you through that. If that isn't something that you don't have access to, I truly feel that just making a list of these categories and looking at them and having bite-sized chunks of things that you want to address is a huge help. Because the root of your problems typically resides in the same space as your wildest dreams. I did learn this eventually. They are the same thing, it's just the difference is how you see them. It was incredible to look at my life after I had organized this huge warehouse and start to see that the things that were holding me back before were in fact the things that would eventually drive me to greater success in life and to greater happiness. Josie was a great guide because she asked me the perfect questions to help me formulate my own answers. A good coach, friend, or person that's helping you out or hearing you out will never sugarcoat anything and help guide you by using your own thoughts and voice to find the answers you need. And believe it or not, sometimes that person is yourself. And if you can talk to yourself in a way that is unsugarcoated and very direct, no bullshit, I think that you can really start to make some changes. And obviously you might think you're a little crazy at first, but I've tried this before. I've tried talking to myself in the mirror and catching myself in certain things that weren't necessarily on the right track. It's important that you have just another voice to say like, is this really the path you want to take? Is this really a decision that makes sense? Is it aligned with what you want? And catch yourself before you act. This is what people refer to as, you know, thinking before you speak or act. After a few months of intense spiritual and emotional spring cleaning, I was having the best year of my life. I had met the love of my life. I was soaring at work. I had moved into a bigger space. There was abundant flow of money, health, amazing people and resources. All of the books that I had read were finally a reality in my life. I was just a firm believer that the rest of my life was finally in my hands and I was in the driver's seat. I started a very steady spiritual practice at the sacred space led by Norikawa. Practice called Sadna really allowed me to cement the two years worth of work that I had started to throw myself into. This spiritual practice combined the ability to go deep inside of myself, sit with those things that were perceived as a weakness for my shadows and bring them to the surface with a lot of compassion and, and without any judgment towards myself. When people say that meditation is probably the root cure of a lot of things, it's true. And I think that even 15 minutes of meditation a day are pivotal to calming your mind and ultimately calming the voices in your head that are, t that are essentially representing a belief system that might be outdated or the voice of your mom or dad saying you're not good enough or the voice of an ex-girlfriend or boyfriend saying hey i don't think that you're pretty enough hot enough and there's something better out there for me therefore you are worthless and really understanding what these voices sound like and understanding the negative implications that they bring to your life after all of this practicing and self-growing and spiritual awakenings i couldn't think of any new platforms coaches or guides or techniques I, I was just out of options so i started reading some books but then i realized how a pandemic would tie all of these two years together beyond perfection in a nutshell, COVID-19 stripped me of all the material longings that I had been turning to for validation. 
my book of business, my money, my trips and experiences and luxury things. I wasn't even aware that the amazing year I had was still feeding this materialistic gremlin inside of me that was very much alive. The pandemic really brought me to a screeching halt and face to face with my dependence on materialism for validation. And I thought I was in the clear after all this work, but clearly not. I realized all the work that I had been doing for two years had, had prepared me and my ego to finally surrender this extreme reliance on material possessions success, money, professional validation as my source. As most of you know, this pandemic has shaken our proverbial snow globes. The stuff that a lot of people are seeing for the first time is the stuff that I sat with for the last two years. So I feel like I was almost mentally ready for what was going to come into my life through the pandemic. I was demoted. I lost half of my team. I had to take on three times the work and get pretty much a fraction of the pay and do it with a smile on my face while trying to help other people find work because that is what I do for a living. So instead of freaking out, I literally started to flow and trust and flow some more. The state of flow is something I experienced two years ago. And I think that we hear this word, it's very trending now, it's very thrown around in millions of ways. And a lot of people say it and they feel like they practice it and truly I think a lot of people don't understand the power of it. The way that I started looking at it was as a notion of saying yes to everything, obviously using protection, but saying yes to everything after making a promise to yourself to trust that whatever signal, invitation, request, internal yearning that was coming to you internally or externally was coming from a higher, safer place. And that promise was to trust that and just say yes. And I think it's important for us to realize that a lot of our next level type experiences lie in sometimes a simple invitation from a friend that you would typically say no to or a weird prompt from yourself to start a podcast, for example. These little signals are not so little and sometimes they are the next chapter of your life in disguise. So by saying yes to everything, you don't ever run the risk of asking yourself what if. I stumbled upon Jordana Iyer, who is a self-proclaimed modern day sorceress. You can imagine after that name why I wanted to chat with her since I am a huge Harry Potter fan and her LinkedIn title caught my attention when she randomly commented on a post I made. Jordana kicked my fear in the pants, very gently, obviously, but she made me realize that in certain moments like a pandemic are the perfect storm to increase our awareness and expansion because these are moments when we are most challenged, most triggered, and in the grand scheme of things, most most invited to shift the way we see downturns that would typically scare us to death. Things like losing our job, our homes, our incomes, our footing, our security, and potentially seeing our families be affected by that. I enrolled in her program after doubting it tremendously because I was really just being mindful of my expenses, but I took the leap of faith and it was the best thing I could have ever done. I discovered what shadows are. I discovered how to find them, how to love them, how to alchemize them. I'm still working on that, of course. I'm definitely a work in progress. And I really understood for the first time the vital roles that our shadows play as super tools in disguise. And when I say super tools, I mean the vital instruments that we all need to shape and design our lives. 
And like I said, they're the same thing. A shadow is the same thing as the sharpest tool in your shed. Through her modern day sorcerer program, Giordano works with people who are open to going deep into their shadows and deep into the most intimate and sacred parts of their psyche. And she has some incredible techniques to help them transform these perceived weaknesses as the most beautiful tools to design the life they've always wanted. I know I'm a devoted student and very thankful for her help. So here I am in the present moment sharing this journey with you as an invitation to get curious about yours. I have always looked to people I admire to guide me in my healing and if they could sell me a formula I would buy it. I realize that while it gives me a peace of mind this approach is completely it's not sustainable. What I have learned in the last two years is that nobody can help you build your journey better than yourself and they can guide you for sure when you don't know where to start but finding these guides like I did came with a lot of pumping the brakes of my own making sure I started to become mindful of myself, my reactions, that started with meditation. Even if it was a few minutes a day in the morning, I started to become aware of my pet peeves and my triggers. And I started to ask myself, where are these coming from? And I started to try to link them to my past so that I understood who they came from or who they were impacted by. I pushed myself to do this so I could calm them. I started to become aware of my surroundings. Then I started noticing a few trends. Then I started flowing with these trends, realizing that they were just very obvious topics that something bigger than me thought I needed to look at. So I did. This original guidance system led me to these beautiful women that have helped me get this far. It is my hope that these people will join me and, and share a little bit more about what they do with you. But I want you to promise yourself that you will not start the journey by mistakenly placing your power in the hands of another person. I know that is so easy. I know it's easy to cling to a therapist, a friend, your partner, your mom, your dad, your sibling, your boss, your coworker to guide you through a difficult moment or to turn to every time you have anxiety. And I think it's great to have a sounding board, don't get me wrong, but I think that when you realize that you are the most powerful ally that you have in your life, that's when things really start to open up. Our journeys are as unique as our fingerprints. Start when you choose for it to start. And the important thing to remember is that you are doing this for yourself and yourself only. In the coming weeks, I will dive deeper into these milestones of my own journey to share how I was able to stand up for myself, claim my power, and start actively designing the life I know I came here to enjoy. And like I tell everyone I know, if I could figure it out myself, anyone can. You just get to decide when. To explore the resources and people mentioned in this episode, please visit my website at www.theshadowsherpa.com where you can also gain access to weekly reflections on how to live your best life through my Sherpa Life newsletter.